Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, everybody. I am Lucia Matuonto, and welcome to the Relatable Voice podcast, a talk show where my guests and I talk about relatable everyday situations, books, and the environment we live in. Remember to subscribe and follow the podcast on social media so you can be notified when a new episode is available. Let's begin. We are on our way to San Diego, California to talk with Joseph Holmes also known as JMM Love. He's the author of over 45 books, is a cancer survivor and PTSD disabled combat veteran. So JMM, welcome to The Relatable Voice. Thank you, Lucia, it's nice to be here. Yeah, it's my pleasure. So Joseph, or JMM Love, I'm sure there is a Good story behind this nickname. Should I call you Joseph or JMM Love? Well, you can call me Joseph because it's easier. Okay. <laughs> so can you tell our listeners the story behind this nickname? Well, yes. Uh, in December of 2012, I was awakened one night. Uh, I was awakened by Mary Magdalene. And she uh, she asked me to set up my writing desk with a paper and pen, and she began dictating her spiritual poetry to me. And that's been happening every night around 2, 3 a.m. since 2012 uh, to this day. So this morning I was up um, transcribing her poetry. Well, I asked her in December 2012, when this began to happen, I said, would you mind if I called you Maggie? And I said, you know, I'm not, uh, I'm not a, uh, I know Maggie's not a nickname for uh, Magdalene, but I've always, that's one of the, besides Melissa, that's one of the uh, names I've always loved. And she said, sure, you can call me uh, Maggie. Would you mind if I called you Joseph? And Joseph is my middle name. And, you know, what am I going to say? No. So I said, no, I don't mind. So that's how it started. Um, Joseph, uh, J, J is for Joseph. M-M is for Mary Magdalene. And then love, uh, that's uh, Mary Magdalene's message, that only love is real. So when Mary, Mother Mary, and Maggie, so when we talk about the Marys today, when I say Mary, I'm talking about Mother Mary. When I say Maggie, I'm talking about Mary Magdalene. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so you can either say, well, MM stands for Mary Magdalene, or uh, sometimes I call them M&M, Mary and Maggie. Right? Mm-hmm. But love, 
It's a message that Maggie has, that only love is real. And so when Mary and Maggie come to me, they don't come to me as religious beings with any dogma, any religious dogma. They come to me as pure spiritual beings. So they don't have any dogma from religion that weighs them down. So their message is that only love is real. So that's where the JMM love comes from. And the, Joseph, how do they come uh, for you? It's like, it's like a dream or a wish. Well, sure, that's a good question. Let's see. Uh, when I was seven years old, to answer your question, they, they will come in different forms in the beginning, but now uh, Maggie comes to me and Mary comes to me in a consistent semi-physical form. But in the beginning, that didn't happen. When I was seven years old, every summer we, uh, we have relatives in uh, any ASU fans out there. My great, great uncle was Grady Gamage, the president of Arizona State University at Tempe. And every summer we would drive over to visit our relatives in Phoenix. And on the way back, we would take a side trip. And this one summer, my parents decided to stop in Nogales, Arizona. And so we pulled in one night, it was late at night, and we got into the motel, me and my two brothers and my parents, we just went to bed. The next morning when I woke up, everybody was up getting ready to go to breakfast and I was still in bed. And this, I was just laying there and this feeling at the time, I call Maggie's grace now, but at the time it was just a feeling of peace entered my, the top of my head and flowed through my body and out my feet. Now I'm seven years old. I wasn't scared because it felt really good, but I didn't know what it was at the time. And I didn't tell anybody, but anyway, eventually I got out of bed. Uh, we were walking to breakfast and we we're on the street corner waiting to cross the street for the light to turn and it happened again. And that was Mary Magdalene, the first time I, I actually felt her. And that was, that was just an experience of pure peace and grace. And that's how she first came to me. Um, the second time she came to me um, was um, I had, uh, I was at, in this breathing workshop and maybe 10, 15 of us uh, were together lying on the floor and the lights were out and we were breathing and I saw this, uh, these pair of eyes above me. And I thought they were my mom's because uh, my mom had passed away a couple of years earlier, but I couldn't tell for sure. Just all I could see was just the, the rectangle of the eyes. And the facilitator said, announced that, okay, we're gonna turn the lights on in 10 minutes. So everybody start, you know, uh, gathering yourself together to, to come out of your deep breathing. At that moment, the eyes expanded. And it was Mother Mary. And I could see her in semi-physical form. And for 10 minutes, she just she just bathed me in beams of golden white light. Now, this nothing like this had ever happened, right? And um, but I knew it must have been a good thing, right? So I wasn't scared or anything. But what she was doing, she was preparing me uh, for two nights later. 
where I had an out-of-body experience. And I was traveling into these, uh, what I call the light regions, because years earlier, I had been in the bubble of white light for one week. And every, most people are aware of the white light. But in this, uh, I was traveling into these light regions that made the white light just pale in comparison. And we were traveling, traveling, and I had a guide, and there was this light way beyond us. And my guide stopped me. He said, you can't go there. I said, well, why not? I want to. He says, no, you can't go there. You'll combust if you go there. That you can't, you can't take that energy. Well, later I realized I was told that that was the light of Mary Magdalene. So see, when I was a child, she came to me as this feeling of peace and grace. Then she came to me as this light. And then the third time she came to me was at the Mission San Luis Rey in Escondido in um, Oceanside, California. It's one of the 21 Spanish missions. And it's, it's known for um, association with Mother Mary. And I had heard that they were gonna do some breath work at the mission. And I thought, I wasn't interested in Mary Magdalene. Uh, I was interested in Mother Mary and because she had beamed me with those beams of gold and white light. And when I heard that they were having this workshop at the mission, I said, I'm gonna take that workshop. And so I was closing up my school and I announced to my class that uh, we, this was a Friday, that there would be no classes tomorrow because I'm attending the workshop. That's all I said. So I'm closing up. Everybody's gone, I thought, and I was locking up the door. And one of the parents came up to me. And she said, oh, why are you taking the workshop? And Lucia, I swear, without thinking, out of my mouth came, oh, to meet Mary Magdalene. Wow. And so I'm driving home and I'm thinking, Mary Magdalene? I'm not interested in Mary Magdalene. I'm going there to meet Mother Mary, hopefully meet Mother Mary. So I, I didn't, but that's why I came out of my mouth. So the next morning, we're in the workshop, right? It's eight in the morning. And the facilitator says, okay, we're gonna uh, do some deep breathing. And I'm thinking, now, wait a minute, this is not how it happened when I first met Mother Mary. It was at night with the lights out in the dark room. I said, this isn't gonna work. It's, you know, that's my ego, right? So I'm kind of bummed out. And, but you know, I go, I'm not gonna disrupt the, the, the workshop. So, and, and he says, and we're gonna do it sitting in the chairs. And I'm thinking, oh no, this isn't gonna work. <laughs> so we're sitting in the chairs and we're breathing and in the doorway, Mary, sticks her head out and you know we don't have the syntax to explain some of the stuff but the best i can say is that like she just like came right in front of me and she had mary magdalene with her and they had these black capes on now i didn't know why they were wearing black capes but later she told me why but at the time they just started circling me with these black capes and giggling and laughing, kind of wrapping me in the capes. And then Mary, Mother Mary said, I want you to lie down on the floor. And 
I'm thinking everyone's in chairs. I can't lie. And I swear to say it right at that moment, the facilitator said, okay, everybody to the floor. So we're lying on the floor and I have my head in Mary's lap and Mary Magdalene is hovering above me. And she entered my body. And that's when she healed me of my childhood molestations. Yeah. Now, and then she came out of my body. And then Mary says, Mother Mary says, okay, we're going to go now. And they left. And I'm thinking, when I say I'm thinking, that's my ego, right? <laughs> my ego saying, God, they didn't even say goodbye. <laughs> and the moment I thought that, Mary Magdalene comes in front of my face and she holds my my uh, face in her hands like this, and she just gives me a peck on the lips. And she goes, you silly boy. And she was gone. And that, and then since then, that was like 2005, I think. So, so from that point to 2012, I would have a vision of Mary Magdalene occasionally. I just knew she was present in my life. But it was in December of 2012 that she started coming to me every morning for the poetry. Wow. And that this story is so amazing. And without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Also, you have survived some horrific abuse as a child. And you also are a PTSD disabled combat veteran. Both are things no one should have to go through. So how have you managed these traumas? Before that healing at the mission with Mary Magdalene and Mary, uh, I didn't deal with the trauma. You know, I just, uh, no. I, di I didn't talk about it. You know, I minimized it. Oh, you know, well, I would I would hear about a story of of uh, abuse worse than mine, so I would say to myself, "Oh, you see, now that's abuse. I shouldn't complain about my abuse, you know." So that that's how I mm -hmm. I deal with it. After uh, Mary Magdalene entered my body and began the healing process, that's when I that's the first time I was in my forties. That was the first time. I began talking about it. 
And then I began writing about it. And then I began doing interviews about it. <laughs> and that's the healing process. I don't think you ever completely heal from things like that. It's just a process that you begin and it's a continuing process. And the way it continues with me today is that uh, with Maggie's poetry. I'm, I'm curious to know about this poetry. Can you tell our listeners more about these incredible books you've been writing? Sure. Well, the, well my most popular book is the, the Power of Angels, Volume 3. And it's, it's in two sections. The first section is my angel stories. And then the second section is Maggie's poetry. And uh, the reason I split it up like that is because I talk about the trinity of creating a life full of meaning, significance, joy, love, and success. Things that I think everybody wants to have. Uh, the first part of the trinity is uh, coming out of your angel closet. I believe billions of people have their own personal angel stories, but they're afraid to talk about them. They're afraid they're gonna be ridiculed or called crazy or, or whatever, right? And so they keep them inside. So uh, the first part of the book is about my angel stories. I put those stories in there to encourage people to come out of their angel closet and start uh, talking about their angel stories. And maybe they don't remember them. So as they, the more angels, the more angel stories they hear or read about will help them connect to their own angel stories. If they don't have any angel stories, uh, they can use other people's angel stories, but start talking about angels and angel stories. That's the first part of the Trinity. The second part of the Trinity is once you start uh, talking about your angel stories, that, that lays the groundwork for your healing and discovering what your life purpose is, what your gift is. And once you understand what your gift is, the third part of the Trinity is sharing your gift and dealing with the doubts and fears that come up to stop you from sharing your gift. So that's the Trinity. So the second part with Maggie's poetry, that's to help the reader uh, discover their gift, to start sharing it and dealing with the doubts and fears that come along the way. To give you an example, in December 2012, Maggie started dictating her poetry to me. In April, so just a few months later, my ego started creating all this doubt. So, so I started thinking, wow, you know, come on. People are gonna think I'm nuts. These aren't coming from Mary Magdalene. And so the next morning, when Maggie woke me up, I said, I want proof. I, like, I kind of like demanded it. I said, I want proof that these are really coming from you. And I don't want anything nebulous. I want something concrete, like a burning bush. Nobody can argue about. And so the next morning, nothing happened. A week later, nothing happened. But the poetry kept coming. A month later, nothing. So I kind of just forgot about it because every morning she would wake me up. And so in July, so April, May, June, three months after that, out of the blue, she says, Joseph, I want you to start publishing these. 
And at the time we were calling them love notes from Maggie. So I thought publish these. Well, if I'm gonna publish these, maybe I should get some reviews. And I, I thought, I don't want my friends to review, review these because they'll be nice to me. And I want some honest reviews. So I went to this website, has thousands of people that provide different services. And I thought, oh, this is gonna take me forever. So I thought, well, I'll just quickly go through the pictures because I'm very visual. If I see a picture I like, a photo of someone I like, I'll stop on that. So I'm going through these photos really quick. And I come on this photo of this lady and I look down and her name is Angelina. And she provided a service. Maggie said, sent her an email. So I sent her an email and all I told her to see was that I have some poems. That's all I said. I have some poems. I'll pay you for your time to read them. Uh, I won't pay you for a review. If you feel like giving me a review, I would appreciate it. If you don't want to, that's fine, but I'll pay you for your time. And she writes back and she says, well, no, that's not what I do. So you would think I would move on to someone else, right? But Maggie said, no, you stay with her. So we went back and forth for two or three days. And finally, Angelina says, okay, <laughs> send me some poems. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, you know, get out of my hair, send me some poems, I'll do this for you. So this time when I sent her the poems, that's when I told her the story about Mary Magdalene and me calling her Maggie. And so the next day I get a email from Angelina and she says, Joseph, I have to tell you something. I love these love notes but I have to tell you this everybody knows me today as Angelina because that's the name my father wanted to call me but when I was born my mother wanted to call me Mary Magdalena no I can't believe that and that's why she said you're not going to believe this so I'm going to send you proof she sent me a copy of her passport and her name is Maria Magdalena, and then her last name. And it's not a common name. And this is her. This, on, this is on the back of the, the Power of Angels. This is Angelina. And the next morning, Lucia, Maggie sends me this poem. She says, ah, Joseph, when things like this happen, it is magical and fun. Angelina, the Magdalena, oh, and this is what else she told me. Wow, that's incredible. She said, she said, and I have to tell you this, Joseph, when I was growing up in Greece, my friends called me Mary Magdalena, right, Maria Magdalena. She said, one day, one of my friends called me Maggie. Wow. And I love and I loved it. And so from that point on, my best friends call me Maggie. And I said, I said, wait a minute. I said, Maggie's not a nickname for Magdalena, is it? She said, no, it's not. She said, but one of my friends called me Maggie. I loved it. 
And that's what they called me. So, so the poem that Maggie sends me the next morning, she says, ah, oh, Joseph, when things like this happen, it is magical and fun. Angelina to Magdalena to Maggie. Who would have thought? And from across the sea. And we even look alike. So run, my dear, and jump and sing that when you look at her, you are seeing me. Isn't that beautiful? It's beautiful. And you put Angelina on the cover of your book. Uh, on the back cover. On the back cover. Back cover. Yeah. So this is the cover on the back. Okay. I put Angelina. And, and she sent me a copy of her passport to prove she was telling me the truth. But what I want to emphasize to your listeners, Lucia, is you would think, right, after this experience, <laughs> that I would never have another doubt, right? But I want to emphasize to your listeners that when you get on your path, when you begin sharing your gift, what I call walking your road to Rome, doubts and fears are going to come up continuously because that's the job of the ego. So you would think this was my burning bush, Angelina, right? You would think after that, I would never have a doubt again. But the doubts always come. But now, see, that first time I actually demanded it, you know? <laughs> And now, when the dark, doubts start creeping in, I've never had doubts like that first doubt. But, you know, these little doubts start creeping in. Maggie just nips them in the bud. So, to give you an example, the feeling I had in Nogales, right? The peace coming through me. She said, uh, just out of the blue one night, she said, look up Carlos Constantino. I know a lot about Carlos Castaneda. For your readers, listeners who don't know, Carlos Castaneda was an anthropology major at UCLA back in the 60s. And he went to the uh, Arizona desert and, be, and was taught by a, a Yaqui shaman. And he wrote a doctoral thesis, which became a best-selling book. Mm. And he's had multiple best-selling books. But at the time, there was a lot of controversy. People accused him of just making it all up. You know, I met Don Juan, this Yaqui shaman. I met Don Juan at the, at the bus station in Nogales, Arizona. And people would say, well, you can't prove that. You're just making it up. Well, so when I'm having this doubt, Maggie, just out of the blue, Maggie says, look up Carlos Castaneda. <laughs> so, so I Google Carlos and I know a lot about him. So I'm just kind of reading stuff, you know, that I already know. And on the sidebar, there's this headline that says, I can confirm Carlos Castaneda meeting Don Juan at the Nogales bus station. So I thought, well, that's interesting. So I clicked on that, right? And there's a story about this guy who's been traveling in Mexico. He knows Carlos, he's friends of him, but he's traveling alone in Mexico. He's going, he's going to enter uh, Nogales, cross the border at Nogales. Now, the, the fun thing about Nogales when I was a kid was that Nogales, Arizona, the city right across the border is Nogales, Mexico. It has the same name, right? So that's kind of fun for me as a kid. And that's how I, I, why I remember it. So anyway, he says, before I got to Nogales, 
I got sick. And so I stayed a week in this little town, a suburb of Nogales, Arizona, to recuperate. He said, why is that important? He said, if I hadn't gotten sick, I would have missed the meeting with Carlos and Don Juan. So I said, so I recuperated in this little town for a week, then I crossed the border and I saw the meeting. Well, the name of the town that he recuperated in was Magdalena. No. I had no idea. So I, I Googled it and sure enough, it's a suburb of Nogales, Mexico. So that's how your angels will, will you know, kind of quit, you know, quit doubting, you know, he slap you on the side of the head, right? Quit doubting, you know, but those are the, so that's, and for your list, listeners, you know, when you start going back in your history, your personal history, and start connecting these dots, you see some of these things happen because your angels know later on you're going to have doubts. And so they create these situations where they can, you know, answer the, you know, the doubts for you. Mm -hmm. So it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Wow, that's so amazing. And at the same time, it's so interesting what you found. And Joseph, what, when you talk about your spiritual journey, what do you say to naysayers? Listen to your heart. You know, every day, each one of us, we wake up and we have a choice to listen to our ego. Ego, E-G-O, is an acronym for edging God out. And ego uh, thrives on fear and chaos. And your heart thrives on love. And that's how your angels speak to you. Now, I know there's people who may be atheists, but that's fine. If you don't believe in God or angels, then call it your intuition, but listen to your heart. And people say, well, yeah, but that's hard because I wake up and all, you know, my monkey mind's just chattering away. And then off I go for the day, just listening to my monkey mind, my ego. And how I learned to deal with that is now, because, you know, ego always wants to stay in control. So when I recognize ego, now ego can show up as anger, uh, lethargy, apathy, um, you know, it takes all kinds of forms. So when it shows up, instead of fighting with it, which I used to do, and you know, when you fight with ego, you always lose. So now when I notice ego taking charge, I just say thank you for reminding me to drop back to my heart. So in other words, Lucia, I've, I've made ego my friend. Before it was my enemy, I would fight it, resist it. Now it's my friend. Every time I notice it, thank you for reminding me to drop back into my heart. And this spiritual journey is just that, it's staying in your heart. Right. And and keeping your life simple, right? Because I, I had to learn that, you know, 
uh, there's certain things uh, in in the Bible and all good books. Um, and when I talk about the Bible, I don't talk about the religious interpretation of the Bible. I talk about the spiritual interpretation. And where you see where the, the Bible or other good books really ring true is, is in the simplicity, right? So people say, why, why can't I manifest this? Or why does this happen? And the Bible is, you know, is, is very simple. It, it says, uh, you have not because you ask not. You know, it doesn't say you have not because of your PTSD. It doesn't say you have not because of your childhood molestations. You know, it doesn't say you have not because, uh, you know, you know, this or that happened to you. It just says you have not because you ask not. That's simple. So what's that mean? What do you do? You start asking. And for me, Lucia, that's, I ask in the form of prayer and then in the form of affirmations. So, you know, if, if you have a child, you know how uh, irritating it can become if they come up and start asking you this for the same thing over and over and over and over, but it's the same thing. You only have to ask God once and then God takes it from there. You don't have to keep asking every day, you know. Uh, just ask once and then what I do, I ask once and then in the form of affirmations, I take that, that request and put it in the form of an affirmation. And when I go on my walk every day, I repeat that affirmation to myself to keep me out of my mucky mind. So I use my affirmations to keep me in my heart. What do you hope your readers will take away from your work? Well, I hope people will start coming out of their angel closet. Start looking back in their lives and seeing where they had angelic interventions that they may not may not have been aware of. So the first part of the book are my stories to help people kind of get in that framework, that mental framework, and have the courage to begin talking about their angel stories. The second part of the book is finding out what your gift is, what your purpose is, and start sharing that gift. And as you share the gift, deal with the doubts and fears. And that's where Maggie's poetry comes in. It helps people create lives full of meaning, significance, joy, love, and success. Okay. And you do that by sharing your gift and dealing with the doubts and fears so it, ego doesn't stop you from sharing your gift. Joseph, where can our listeners find you and your books? Uh, they, they can uh, find me at joseph at jmmlove.com. That's my email. Now, if it's helpful for your listeners to share, begin sharing their angel stories with me, if they feel safe before sharing it with other people, email me, joseph at jmmlove.com. And uh, there's no criticism. I just, uh, you know, I'll just be a, a, a sounding board for them. And uh, if they like to get the, uh, the book, it's uh, The Power of Angels, Volume 3. Now, when you go to Amazon, put in The Power of Angels, Volume 3. Make sure you put in Volume 3, because angels is a very popular subject. 
So if you don't put in volume three, all kinds of books come up. But if you put in The Power of Angels, volume three, it'll come right up. Wonderful. So Joseph, your words are so, like, how can I say, so inspiring. It's what you are. You are very inspiring. And I think people will love to hear about your story. And also, maybe they can share their angels' stories as well. Sure. Well, I hope this was helpful for your listeners. And I want to thank you for doing what you're doing, Lucia. And I just want to tell your listeners, you know, I was born on the feast day of Santa Lucia. So. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a, it's not only coincidence. Yeah. And don't remember, don't fear. Don't be afraid to come out of your angel closet because, you know, the Catholic Church has a name for people who do. They call them saints and mystics. Right. You know, psychology might label you something else. But remember, you know, you're a mystic. You know, when you start sharing your angel stories, you're a mystic, right? And look at yourself as a mystic, you know. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you, Lucia. It's a pleasure. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you'll be notified when the next one is posted. Please rate this podcast and share it with your friends. Thank you for listening. And remember, relationships don't exist. Relating does. Until next time. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.